Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Well, good evening, everybody, and, and welcome to Cry Oneness. This is Joe Avalos, your host, talking. A show where you can share your miracles, share your life, share your music, share your poetry. And the number to call if you want to share tonight. And we have some very interesting stuff going on where you're encouraged to participate. Tonight's show is going to be on God's love. It's going to include a bunch of my locutions on love, the topic of love, followed by 10 to 15 minutes of Christian chanting that I learned about down in Richard Rohr's conference on contemplative prayer in 2016. I just came across a CD that I had in my glove compartment of my car for two years that I hadn't used, and it reminded me how powerful this Christian chanting was at the retreat I went to down in Albuquerque. So tonight, you're all going to have a chance to participate in live Christian chanting, chanting to Jesus about love, and Jesus chanting back about his love. So please don't miss this show. Make sure you stay on tonight. Uh, We're going to start it off the way we always started off with my favorite prayer that speaks highly of oneness. But first, the phone number to call so you can participate live tonight. If you would like to talk to me live after the chanting, we'll have about a half an hour to comment on the chanting or to share your miracles. Please call 515-604-9344. That's area code 515-604-9344. And when the computer lady answers the phone, she'll ask you for a code. Enter 914 followed by the pound sign. After you do that, you'll be asked to announce yourself by the computer. After you announce yourself, I'll hear your announcement, and we'll be talking live over this app all over the world. We don't have a lot of people listening yet, but we hope you're telling your friends about our show, and maybe even email and links to cryoneness.org, where you can get directly to the blog and download the app for WCAT for your friends. So, once again, please write this down. So if you want to get involved in the dialogue later on, to the poems on love, after Thomas Merton's prayer on love, and after the chanting on Jesus' love for us, please write down this number and use it tonight, 515-604-9344. And when the computer lady asks you, enter the the code, 914-121, followed by the pound sign. But great to be here tonight. I'm kind of winded because I've been running around after my evening meeting. And I just got everything together, just finished supper. I've had a lot of blessings today that I'd like to share with you. You know, I'm, I'm, I have a job in the school system now that I got just a week and a half ago through the grace of God, where I'm in a, an elementary school in Danbury, and I have the job of uh, tutoring special needs kids. And boy, what a blessing that is to be able to be there with third graders and assist them in the early stages of their life the kids who are marginalized and having difficulty with their work. Uh, I've been trying to get a full-time job for over three years now, and I've gotten myself into some credit card debt because I've been anticipating getting a job, and I have debt to pay off, and the Lord just took care of everything uh, 10 days ago. 
He's so good to us. All we have to do is pray for what we need, and we may not get it right away, but he never, never refuses our prayer request. It's just a matter of when he's going to do for it, do it for us, not if, if he's going to do it for us. If we are relentless in our prayer, he is relentless in his gifts. He's relentless in his gifts even if we're not doing well. You know, every breath is a gift. And we get to the level where every breath is a gift, and when we see God in all, what a life. What a life. So uh, I'm sitting here with my dog, Mercy, who I got on Divine Mercy Sunday five years ago. Another blessing. And today I got my first paycheck, and I was expecting $250, and it wasn't what I needed this week because I have a lot of expenses this week. And I didn't even pray for anything. And I looked at my bank account, and instead of having $250 put in, I had two full weeks of pay because that's the way the Board of Ed works. And, you know, I, I was crying when it happened because I knew where it came from. You know, it came for the Board of Ed, but the Board of Ed is working for the Lord, even if they don't know it. And what a what a what an amazing start to my day, you know. And then I went in and I'm praying like crazy for this this kid I'm tutoring. And he had a good day. He got 21 stars, and he's only has he had a goal of 20. And uh, life is so good when we turn our will over to God. Jesus is always waiting to do more for us than we think he can, or less for us if we don't need what we ask for. What a wonderful, wonderful God we have. And he showed me his love so powerfully today that I'm just energized and waiting to do anything for him. I hope you all feel the same way tonight. And I hope that this love that I've shared today about what he did for me will enter into your lives and light you all up like Christmas candles. Okay, down to business. Thomas Merton's prayer. <clears throat> I think this is a great way to start the show off, but if you have any other ideas, I'm all ears. Just call into the show and we'll discuss it live on the air. If you don't like it, let me know. If you like it, call and let me know. You know, I've been doing a monologue for a while now and I'm getting tired of it. I really miss Bob Olson and I hope you're all still praying for him. It was so nice to have somebody to do a dialogue with so that I get instant feedback because, you know, we all need spiritual guidance. So I don't particularly care for doing this myself because there's no feedback. So please give me some feedback tonight. And if you know how to dial a telephone and enter a couple of numbers, please get me some feedback tonight after the, the first half hour, which I've already decided what I'm going to do. And I hope that this one half hour of sharing Jesus' love through poetry and music tonight, for the first time we're trying music, and I'm doing it through my TV system, and I'm going to switch to speakerphone when I do the music, because uh, when I was in Long Island uh, taping Father Candido's presentation a couple of Sundays ago, I found out that the iPhone has very, very good sound quality coming out. So I'm using the iPhone tonight, and I'm going to go to speakerphone and play this beautiful CD I got down in Albuquerque and ask you to join me chanting after I read the poetry. So it's all going to be about God's love. First, we're going to share my poems on God's love that I got 
that I believe are locutions, and I believe this is what he wants me to do tonight, because I prayed on it. And then we're going to go into this chanting that I just found a couple of weeks ago in my glove compartment. And it's Christian chanting. It's not yoga chanting or anything like that, although I don't think there's anything wrong with that if people want to do that to get to meditation states. I use it to get to a contemplation state for the past couple of weeks in my car. And I will tell you, it gets me to that sweet spot where I hear a still small voice of God a lot easier than trying to start without listening to music first. So I've changed my meditation contemplation practices this past couple of weeks to listening to this music. And it seems like it's a very natural way because it's, it's like earth music. These people did such a great job. They have this special in instrument in the background that sounds like an accordion, but some type of ancient instrument with a natural vowel sounds. It sounds so similar to Gregorian chant. So I can't wait to let you hear it, but I'm going to try to practice some patience and go with the poetry first. Or locutions. Whatever you think they are, they are. You know, I think some of them are locutions, and I think some of them are too much of Joe. But uh, I think there's a lot of Jesus speaking and Mary speaking. And when I think it's them, I let you know. But that's my opinion, not yours. So if you have a different opinion, please call me and let me know. Okay. I'm all excited and full of the spirit tonight. I hope it's the right spirit. Here we go. And I hope Sebastian's listening, because I asked him to check on the sound mixing of the music and the... Uh, the audio, because I'm going to have a speakerphone and I'm going to try to mix the music CD and my own voice and the uh, telephone lines myself without a sound mixer. So if, if Sebastian isn't watching, if any of you think the music's too loud and my voice is too loud, I'll give a call in when we start this. Okay. <clears throat> so let me Google one this poem for you. I just typed in love as a search key, and any poem that came up, you're going to hear it tonight before we start the chanting, because I believe the Lord wants tonight's show to be all about his love for us and our love for him, the bi-directional sharing of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are constant emptying and outpouring of their love into our lives, and the only way that stops coming into us is if we block it with our free will. So here's the Merton Oneness Prayer, which substantiates what I just said. And uh, Thomas Merton was a wonderful writer and a prayer person and a monk. <clears throat> so as I read aloud this prayer from Thomas Merton, please allow your heart to continue to soften and let love flow through, through you toward a person or situation in your life that you're not happy with today. Anybody in your mind that you have animosity towards, send this love from this prayer to them and pray for them. When you pray for somebody you're unhappy with, it relieves all that anger you have and takes that poison out of your system. Here goes the prayer. Oh God, we are one with you. You have made us one with you. You have taught us that if we are open to one another, you dwell in us. Help us to preserve this openness and to fight for it with all our hearts. 
help us to realize that there can be no understanding where there is mutual rejection. O oh God, in accepting one another wholeheartedly, fully, completely, we accept you, and we thank you, and we adore you, and we love you with our whole being, because our being is in your being. Our spirit is rooted in your spirit. Fill us then with love, and let us be bound together with love. As we go our diverse ways, united in this one spirit, which makes you present in the world, and which makes you witness to the ultimate reality that is love. Love has overcome. Love is victorious. Amen. Just sit with that for a while, people. Friends, lovers of Jesus. Reading that prayer makes me feel so calm. It's unbelievable. I hope you noticed the change in my mood since reading that. I hope you had the same change and experience of the filling with that calm spirit that Thomas Merton was writing about, that spirit of love and peace and justice and all the things we need in the world today. Okay, so the... The first locution that came in when I typed love in my uh, notepad is a locution that I just wrote two nights ago. I was asked in my meeting to share my personal story last night, and the night before, I was listening to people share, and I wrote this. So many people were a little bit mixed up on how evil happens, and this came to me. The Almighty God, who loves us unconditionally, lets the power who hates us unconditionally trip us up because he loves picking us up and will teach us how to fall upward after he picks us up. For falling is necessary in this life to teach us how to get to him. Next elocution I wrote in, uh, I think, three years ago. But all the dates get overwritten every time I read one of these, so I'm not sure of the exact origin. This is about love also. This is, I believe, is a locution from God, the Father or the Son, I'm not sure. But, of course, they're all one, no matter which one gives you something. It's all three of them. Triune God. Where love is, there also am I. I call to you to be free of all fear, full of hope and the expectation of eternity with me. 
Nothing can separate us now. We are one. There is no other. Life is a gift. I am life. Be at peace. Love one another as I love you. The only sin is separation from me. You are all other Christ. You can think you are blocking me from acting through you because of free will. But that's a lie. My will is always achieved because only I can use evil to achieve good. Everything you know or will ever know in your earthly journey is an instrument of my divine love. Love is everywhere. Love is everything. Love is everyone. I am love. Your life is a manifestation of my love. It's my total self-emptying that creates the entire universe. You are part of me. I am the eternal Christ. You are already saved. Your mind just can't comprehend that yet. Be and let be. Love is the key to joy and the key to salvation. Wow. Haven't seen that in a while. That knocks me out when I hear that. To think of God loving me that much. I was thinking after reading that, you know, there used to be believed that there's one star for every person. Now it's been proven by science that there's at least seven galaxies for every person on Earth. We are so small, yet we are a part of God, and he is so enormous. And everything we see is a constant, constant self-emptying from the Holy Trinity. They are pouring things into creation every day. It's said that universes are still expanding. More galaxies are still being creating, created. It's a constant. Everything is a constant, in my mind, constant outpouring and manifestation of the love of God for every single thing, person in this universe. There is no other. Everything is part of Christ. Every atom, every molecule, Every man-made thing was inspired by him. Everything is inherently good and made in his image. Evil. Us getting our will in the way is the only exception. If we get our will in the way, he can't do anything through us because he will never violate his gift of free will. Enough from me. Let's go to... Oh, I love this one. It's called Mighty Love, and I just got this a few months ago. And I believe this is what he says to all of us. My beloved children, mighty is my love for you, full of mercy, hope, and grace. Before the dawn of time I knew you, your voice is music to my ears. When I gaze upon you, I see myself Everything you do pleases me immensely. I call to you. I thirst for you. I bleed for you still. 
I die for you again. I feel your pains. I share your gains. I'm here for you, now and forever. My child, it's heaven all the way to heaven once you have your spiritual awakening. Nothing can separate us except your will. Please accept me. Please. Don't leave me again. Boy, that knocks me unconscious sometimes. Here's another one with love in it. Most of my locutions have love in it. I'm finding out I might have to cut this short just to get the music in. I whisper my message in the still of my might. Come love you, Jesus. Come give up your fight. His might is stillness and restraint of power. He could have come down off the cross and smot all his persecutors, but he practiced stillness, which is true might, true power, his powerlessness. He further showed us through St. Faustina that it is in restraint of power, mercy and love that he uses and not judgment. In my poem, One Sip of Wine, he said, Mercy yields forgiveness, but your judgments offend. When we judge other people instead of accepting them, we are rejecting Christ and God's will. What an awesome God we have. Here's another one, and this, you know, <clears throat> I wrote this August 9th, 9th of 17, which is this year. <clears throat> Because I love you. This is after, I got this when I was having very bad anxiety a couple of months ago. And you said this to me. I said, why? Why do I have this anxiety? Joe, because I love you. If you only knew how much, you'd have no anxiety knowing it's all just an illusion when you're frightened. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Focus on the feeling. And this too will pass. Even death is total release and not painful. You saw it twice. That's the worst. That can happen. He's talking about the twice that I saw my parents die. I was with them both because I was afraid of their death, and he made sure I was there to see how peaceful it was. And the last line he told me in this locution is, i got to repeat the line about death. You saw it twice. That's the worst that can happen. When your eyes reopen, I'll be there with open arms. You will be in ecstasy. Okay, the next one is my favorite one on love. It's one of the first ones I got down in Vero Beach, Florida, after I took the picture of the holy face in the sky over Vero Beach while singing Josh Groban's song. Ten pictures, and one in the center was the Shroud of Turin face, as documented by a priest down there, Father John Judah, John of the Cross Church. He had the same photo on his wall when I showed him the photo on my phone. And that's how I wound up meeting Don Knowles and getting involved in the uh, Holy Face Association and the Passionist. So here's the locution where he first told me about his love back in the 2008-2010 era. He told me, love is the window to knowing me. Without it, nobody can see my face like you did. 
My heart is full of sorrow for those who never learn the power of love. Love accepts all and is perfect in forgiveness. To forget oneself is to love oneself. To love all is to love me, for I am love, and to be in love is to be in me. Come now into my heart and know the true meaning of divine love. In the moment, love can become perfect in the silence of your mind. Thoughtless is fullness, and the cloud of unknowing is found pure love. I am pure love. How great is the love found in total surrender to my will. He who contemplates my word day and night, the Holy Spirit, is with you forever. His love is inexhaustible and almighty. His mercy endures forever. Fear no man. Remember always the truth written about Mary and Martha. I am allowed to favor, and I have favorites. I am not accountable to the ACLU, and I pick and choose who I favor. I came and got the people who think they came and got me. Thinking is a human affliction. Contemplation is a remedy for that. Love is a key to salvation. Start with me, then everything else will come freely. Okay, I'm going to end with this one because we've got to get into the chanting and still have time for you guys to call in and share what you're thinking about what I'm telling you and sharing with you. It's the short thing I got. Love kicked fear out of heaven and told it to bring all my people back. And the ones you don't bring back, I'll let you keep. So if it's true that love conquers all fear, then what conquers all love? Well, we know what conquers all love, don't we? Our own will, fueled by, by uh, somebody who's allowed to interfere in our lives. And he's only allowed to interfere to the degree that God loosens the leash. So we have to be uh, careful about who we judge in this world. Okay, I think I want to uh, end with this. Why do bad things happen to good people? And then we'll go into the chant. We're all broken so the light can shine in. And God lets us all fall because he loves picking us up. And people who don't understand why they fall will never understand how much God loves them. Amen, right? We all fall down. We're all human. We're all sinners. I pity the people that go to church or temple or Buddhist temples and think they're non-sinning holy people. I pity them. The only way to find God, the best position to find God is on your knees helping other people. That's my opinion. And now uh, I'm going to turn on this uh, beautiful music. I first want to pop the CD out a little bit so I can tell you who's by, so you can get a copy if you want. I got this down at the Richard Rohr Conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2016. And this just came out May 18th in 2016, and I had copies of this at Richard Zora's conferences, and they were just giving them to people. This music and chanting was developed by Darlene Franz with the Wisdom School Choir, live at Mount Vernon, May 18th, 2016. I think you're going to enjoy this. I know I do. It's a way to get yourself from a point of chaos to a point of being, feeling like you're so close to the Lord that you can see, heal, 
see, hear, feel, and taste them, honestly. So, back to change tracks. It's on track seven. And this one is all about God's love, which is what we're talking about tonight. And maybe some other night we'll do something about another track and follow it with music. But to me, this whole first session tonight was about God's love, and we're following it up with God's love. Okay. little technical difficulties here. Please excuse me. I think I hit the wrong button. Okay. Here we go. I hope you can hear it. Go on the speakerphone now. Please join me in singing this. Please join this chorus. Please join this chorus. It'll really get you close to contemplation of union. Jesus, remember me this Get yourself a nice seat, relax, keep your eyes, either soft gaze or Get yourself in a lotus position or something on the floor and relax and enjoy this and harmonize with this. Harmonize with Jesus' love as shared with some beautiful people I met now before. Harmonize with them. Attempt to match the notes. And you'll find a piece, a very nice piece. And then after the music stops, we're going to stay into silence for two minutes. Sorry for the interruption. Back me this 
I hope uh, that inspired you as much as it inspired me. It was really wonderful to be doing that with people listening through the app tonight. And uh, I hope some of you will call in and let me know how you think that worked for you, if the Lord was present, if you felt a spiritual presence while we were doing it. I, I think I think that this whole whole listening thing that I, you know, I, I went to St. Bridget's in Stanford, and Father Gill was a, a second... He was an older person who became a priest at a very late age, and he was very into having his parishioners sing. And music is such a beautiful way of coming into contact with the Lord. And uh, he said from the pulpit, he said, when you sing, you pray twice. And it's a shame. So many people don't, don't do what we just did, harmonize with music and, you know, all the work, most musical songs are songs about God, I think, or how much God loves us back and forth. You know, music is such a wonderful gift. And uh, th- th- these people did such a wonderful job of putting these harmonies together where they make you like switch thoughts in the middle, get you into that area of unknowing instead of knowing that the mystery that is Jesus and the Father and the Son, you know, 
it's a mystery. It's a sacred mystery. And, uh, okay, I want to read you this locution. I think I'm supposed to read you this one. Um, it's called The Big Picture. And I've read this before, but it seems to fit the big picture. You know, I was driving to a meeting, and I kept hearing big picture, big picture. And I said, what big picture, Lord? And I was sitting in the parking lot in my AA group parking lot, and this came out. We are all part of the big picture. But big does not even come close to describing the length, width, and breadth of this big sacred picture. It's both the glue that holds us all together and the Teflon that lets us slip off the edges. We usually get in trouble, though, when we try to become the big picture instead of being happy to be a microscopic part of the big picture. And it's not a still picture, it's a motion picture. And the writer is both the whole picture and a member of the cast who made a special appearance some 2,000 years ago. He is a superstar and became world famous and infamous between the ages of 30 to 33. Then the Prince of Darkness became jealous and thought he had him killed. But he returned from the dead and the battle continues today, each using their armies of supporters to attempt to create more in favor of their cause. We are all we all observe this spiritual battle in our head like spectators in a coliseum. We choose the side we support by our actions. Sometimes it's hard to tell the light from the dark side because the dark likes to pretend to be the light. This is why it's so important to have sponsors and spiritual guides. Quite a message in a story type of formula. You know, uh, God is everywhere, God is everyone, God is everything. That was in the Baltimore Catechism when I was in St. Mary's School in the early 50s. And at that time, the priest spoke mostly fire and brimstone. You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. But the Baltimore Catechism had it right. I remember. Love your God with your whole heart, your whole being. Love your neighbor as yourself. The two major commandments, followed by God is everything, God is everyone, God is everywhere, you know. Christ is everything. And then Jesus came down to be an example of how we're all supposed to be. But many people, despite the fact that they're a part of Christ, try to fight with their free will. And then we lose contact. We never physically lose contact, but we mentally lose contact with our higher powers, with Jesus. You know? Jesus wants to act through us every second of the day if we'll let us let him. And that requires self-emptying and doing things like we're doing right now. Getting to a quiet place where we can hear the still, small voice. of the Holy Spirit so we don't listen to the wrong spirits. The gift that Jesus gave us to keep us going on the narrow path. When I was first starting this cry oneness, when I started getting the call to try to evangelize with cry oneness back in 2010, the four things I was told that needed to happen, people need to use the narrow gate People need to cry out the word, share their lives. When you're sharing your life, you're sharing Jesus because he is life. And when you're sharing what Jesus is doing for you or what you're doing with your life, you're sharing God. So cry out the word, 
that share your miracles. That's how I came up with that. It's a narrow gate that I think is from Jeremiah, but I'm not sure. But it was after I was reading the Bible for eight years, too, that this stuff started happening to me. The Divine Mercy Chaplet for six years. And so cry out the word, believe in miracles, and don't lose heart. And use the narrow gate. You know, the narrow gate is harder to travel than the wide gate. I've heard it said there's going to be two two entry points to heaven. Two entry gates, rather. The wide gate isn't to heaven. The narrow gate is. You know, and uh, my other personal belief is when when we're living in sin, we really can't see the gate at all. And I know my personal experience I was living in sin. And when you're living in sin, you can't see the light anymore. And I think that's God's mercy. And I think that's why he forgives us, because he knows when the leash of the devil is loosened enough, he knows how we're going to respond. And it's like we're under anesthesia when we're, when we're in the evil phase of our life, the ego-driven phase of our life. And I think it's when we come out and we see the light that if we go backwards, we're really in trouble. I've been in uh, the 12-step program for 13 years now, and I've been going forward for quite a while, but I've tripped quite a bit, and he's picked me up and got me back on the narrow path. And I think that's just the way life is. Uh, Richard Rohr has written a book about it called Falling Upward, which is very powerful. You know, life is two steps backwards, a step forward, two steps backwards, a step forward. And uh, he does such a beautiful job in that book. I've read it. I highly recommend Falling Upward by Richard Rohr. And I also recommend my own book, which is coming out on the first week of January, Sebastian told me, which has all my poems and locutions in it, uh, five pages of how I fell down and got back up again in my life, the major things that happened to me, and, uh, and then 12 major miracles I've had in my life where, you know, God has shown me mercy and teaching at the same time. You know, that picture of the holy face in the sky was the biggest miracle I've had in my life, I think. But there's been so many, and Bob Olson used to tell me he was my spiritual guide, too. And and Bob, when I met him, I was in a mess. But I was having all these things happening that I was telling him about. And he said, Joey, these miracles you're having, he says, if you're not, if you're in the spirit, you... If you don't have three major miracles a month, you're not really in the spirit. And I, I thought he was so full of it. And I said, that's impossible. You know, nobody can have three miracles in a month, major miracles in a month. Well, you know, I do. But the other thing that happens is you lower your expectations enough. Grass growing is a miracle. Every breath you take is a miracle. And you start seeing God in everything. And uh, that's the way it is now. He's everywhere. God is everywhere, God is everything, God is everyone. And he gave me so many miracles to bring me to the point where I can say this. I see him in everything, in every person. And I still mess up. Sometimes I think I have a right to holler at a person who I don't agree with. Sometimes I think I have a right to judge people and take their inventories. It's kind of funny now where I have a job where I have to take an eight-year-old's inventory and, and try to get him to, to change. Most people hate chains, but I'll tell you, 
the younger you are, the bigger your ego is normally, and it's so hard to get people to change. The ego is there for a purpose, you know, it's there to uh, protect us from getting hurt. But boy, if we use it the wrong way, do we get in trouble. In, in my program, we say ego equals edging God out. The ego edges God out, and it does it so slowly you don't even know, you know. And the drive behind the ego is the false self, and the false self, when you get older, the false self wants you dead. It doesn't want to help you stay alive anymore. It wants you dead and miserable. So uh, you can't have humility in old age and have a large ego, too. And to be honest, I still have quite an ego. You know, I, I try to control my ego, but I still have a big one. And it's a it's a constant battle between the ego and the true self. And uh, I think we all know who the true self is. I'm looking at him right now. I have a cross that was in my parents' house since I was three or four years old. And it's a nice cross with Jesus on it. It's very old, and I have it surrounded with a nice wreath with berries on it. And I, I, I say my morning prayers to that. And uh, he's so present in my life every day. But, you know, as the day goes on, you start separating. It becomes like a dance, you know. It becomes like a dance. He's always there. But sometimes he lets you do things on your own. You start going in the wrong direction. And then... Uh, when you need him, he's always there. Sometimes you don't feel his presence when he's helping you the most. But when you're in your darkest hours, he's there the most. And it's in scriptures, you know. He didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save the sinners. And I was a bad sinner, you know. And he had my back and my front. And I didn't know it and I didn't appreciate it. And I have to go a long way to thank him enough for everything he's done for me in the past 13 years and in my life, for that matter, because I know it was always him. I don't even believe it was me now, you know. I was down in Vero Beach, Florida, and one of my relatives had a problem with I forgave. It was somebody that did a lot of damage in my life, I thought, and uh, I had a very bad attitude. And He came down to Vero Beach, and, and I forgave him. And I felt the forgiveness, and... You know, at times I, I I was very tempted to say nasty things to him again, and I always remembered how good that forgiveness felt, and I didn't do it, thank God. Yeah, and he's still alive, and I'm still alive, so there's time for anything to happen. But when I'm upset with people now, I, I, I pray for them. I have to pray as hard for my enemies as I pray for my friends. That's what I've learned the hard way. Because any anger or resentment I have for people in my head, isn't going to hurt them. It's going to hurt my sobriety and my connection with Jesus. And I can't let that happen anymore. And it does occasionally, and I go to confession. That's it. It's a journey, not a destination. I believe that. Okay, I told the Lord tonight I was going to try to let it free flow after I did the the poetry and everything, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now for the last minutes of the show. I'm just, I ask him to let the Spirit just speak through me with the Holy Spirit and not to let any of myself get into it, but I know that's going to happen, but I ask him to keep as much of Joe out of the picture as possible, so that was my request tonight, and I hope that's what you people are getting. And uh, Sebastian, if, if you are listening, I guess the sound mixing was okay, and 
unless somebody else wants to call me and maybe Sebastian wasn't available. Here's something I wrote on forgiveness that just popped up on my iPad. I wrote it in September of 17. Forgiveness. I must forgive everyone who hurt me, including myself, the old damaged self. My old small story reveals who I was, why I was ill, and who put me there. My new story, the big eternal story, is who saved me, who I am being saved from, and what we do to keep me saved. My illness is just a part of my salvation story, which I must share with others in order to stay saved. It's atonement for my sins. Yep, this is what I do. This is why I go to meetings every day, to share what's wrong with me or what's right with me so that other people can learn that they're not alone. You know, the difference to my program in church really is uh, church, I go there because I love worshiping Jesus and I love the Catholic Church and I, I go I go every Sunday and I was going every day for a while. But it was just too much going to meetings and church and I know we're only required to go once a week and... Uh, I also know because of my disease of alcoholism, I need meetings more than I need church, to be honest with you. And God is present in both in my mind. So they're both spiritual. One is holy and the other is spiritual. And, uh, <laughs> I don't believe this too much, but it's been said uh, churches for people who are afraid to go into hell. And my program is for people who've already been to hell. And boy, I... I <laughs> I hope I was already in much as a much hell as I have to be in, but uh, I'm going to leave that up to God. But, you know, boy, what I did to myself before I found Jesus, it's amazing. And it's my book, too, and uh, I hope you get it. Because I don't hope you get it because I want to make money on it. I hope you get it because I hope by hearing my story, it'll give you hope that you can come out of whatever you're going through, too. And that's how my program works. We share our stories, and it saves our lives. And uh, I just so wish it was happening more in the Catholic Church. And then I was praying on that, and it started happening in the Catholic Church. They have this program called the Rise Together in Christ now, and it's working in the church all over the country. And uh, I became a facilitator in the Danbury group uh, about 10 weeks ago, and we finished six weeks of the first session, six sessions, and it's it's just like my program. So my prayer has been answered. And I had a meeting with the bishop, Bishop Frank, and I said, Bishop Frank, I think we should have sharing in the church just like we have in AA because it seems to save people. And he put his hands on, his head on his fingers, and he looked at me in the eye, and he, I believe he's a holy man and very spiritual. And uh, there, he said, I've heard of this. And now, a year or two later, there's something in the church which is doing the same thing as my program, basically. Only it's used in the Bible instead of the big book. Uh, the book we use in AA is called the big book. It's, it's stories of how people are saved from alcohol. And the Bible is stories of how people are saved from everything. So what we do in this Arise Together in Christ program is it's, it's small groups in the, within a church. Uh, St. Joseph's in Danbury had 156 or 60 people signed up, and they had like 20 groups meeting all over the place every Sunday night or Monday night once a week in people's houses in the church and they follow a program called the rise together in Christ and it was it was developed one of the developers was the sister of St. Joseph's and I worked with the sister of St. Joseph's when I was 14 years old as a volunteer in St. Joseph's Hospital in Stanford so how coincidental is that 
and we had six weeks of getting to know each other, five people in my group, because three people decided they didn't want to come right from the get-go. And we had a 15-month-old baby uh, in the room, and boy, the light of God poured through that little baby, and we put up with his crying, and he put up with our spirituality. So God is so good. So anyway, it starts off with five minutes of, of, of prayer, either silent or verbal, and a different person chooses a prayer every week. And, you know, nobody's in charge. I was a facilitator, but there's no leaders. It's all trusted servants working together. And then after five minutes of, of uh, prayer, it goes into 15 minutes of sharing what God did in your life this week, where you saw God in your life this week. And then there's some questions that get you in going in that direction every week if you can't think of them yourself. And then it's followed by 40 minutes. You read a scripture that they have out of the Bible. You're not allowed. They don't put it in the book because they want you to get used to using the Bible and reading it. And uh, then you share on the scripture. And they have three questions on each scripture. And three is a good number, Trinity. And it takes about 40 minutes for everybody to share. And then after you share... You hear the scriptures, you share about how you identify with the scripture. And then after that, the three questions shared on, you decide how you want to put a part of that scripture into action in your life this week. And then the following week, you report back how you did. So some of us decided to work in a soup kitchen one week, and, you know, there was always an action you did. So it's a program to put faith into action. Not just going to church every week and doing the good stuff of receiving communion and sitting there in silence and maybe singing a little bit, but actually taking church home with you and putting it into your life, just like we do in my 12-step program. Another miracle in my life that I'll have to write about someday. Uh, we have two minutes left. Maybe less. Let me check my... Okay, one minute left. So all I want to say is thank you for listening, and I hope you'll call next week because I didn't call this week. And uh, monologues are getting boring, but I'm going to keep doing it because if I can help just one person with this show, that's all I care about. And if nobody's listening, I'm helping my own spirit, and my spirit needs repair just as bad as anybody else's. So uh, God bless you. Have a good night. And cry oneness. Cry out the word. Believe in miracles. Don't lose hope, heart and use the narrow gate. God bless you. Have a great evening. God loves you, and so do I. And that has to include my enemies. So any enemies listening, I love you too. I have to. To be saved. Thank God. We hope you enjoyed the program, and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.